You are listening to Aim for the Bushes. I am your podcast person, Pavlo, also known as JPav, also known as Pav, also known as Pavi. And today, I am alone once again. It's okay, you don't need to cry. It's all good, I manage, I manage. In case you're wondering, because of the coronavirus that is uh, causing this uh, pandemic that's going around, we've had to change our setup to how we record these things. Normally, I have with me Maggie the Mags, but uh, because we are quarantining or staying apart, uh, everything is kind of done in isolation now. So if you notice any changes in sound quality or anything like that, it's because of the change setup. It's a little bit different how we did it uh, prior to this whole thing happening. Uh, but enough of that. Before we get into today's topic, uh, I'm just going to go through our uh, non-legal legal disclaimer, which is that everything that I share with you or others share uh, on this podcast is strictly our opinions. And so you can agree with us. You can disagree with us. It's okay. We're not saying that we have ultimate truth or that our opinions are the right and only right opinions, but you may have something else, different thought than uh, what I share or what anyone else on this podcast shares, and that's okay. So that's why we acknowledge it and let it be known that it's okay to have different opinions. All right, so what is today's topic? Well, today's topic concerns YouTube. Now, you may... You may no, if you're a uh, frequent listener, that there is an episode about YouTube drama and how it annoys me and how I hate it, and I got to learn about the lives of all these stupid people, but today is not that. We're not talking about YouTube drama. If you haven't list- listened to that episode, you can go back and do so, or you can stay and continue listening to this one. It's up to you. Whatever. It's all good. So YouTube, what we're talking about today is YouTube reviews. So a lot of people go onto YouTube to learn information. Sometimes it's stupid things like people's lives, like vlogs. If you can't tell, I hate vlogs because it's dumb. and I don't really care what people do uh, on a daily basis. But anyways, a lot of people seem to like it. But another kind of information people go and seek, something I do for sure, is reviews. So Uh, But I have a little uh, problem with YouTube reviews. It depends. It depends on the reviewer. It depends on the channel. And I guess it depends on the type of product or the industry as a whole. So this may be different for certain things that perhaps you watch reviews of or on. So I don't know. But this is just, like I said at the beginning, my opinion. (laughs) But it's related to mainly the things that I watch. Uh, Just before we get into YouTube reviews specifically, this is a problem, what I'm going to articulate uh, in a second, but just just problem with reviews in general. It's not only on YouTube. It exists in other spheres, uh, just like in reviews in general. These kind of things can apply. It depends, but so it, it, it can apply for like magazines or like websites or blogs or newspapers. It doesn't really matter the the medium or the format or how it's presented. Uh, it could even be in person. It depends. 
but a lot of these things like it's not just strictly on youtube that's a problem but because youtube and like instagram and i guess facebook and maybe tiktok i don't, know, I don't really watch tiktok but any any social platform where people offer their thoughts and opinions on products and whether or not you should buy them like this these these are problems that exist uh with this whole way of uh of doing that and it's different from before uh one of the main things through like social media is that your relationship to the content creator is different i would say than when you're reading like a a newspaper or magazine review right because like you know okay you buy like let's say a car magazine if people still buy magazines i don't know (laughs) But I, I I remember like when I was a kid I I had a, a subscription to two different car magazines because you know I like cars as a kid I was ne- never huge into it but I did like I did like you know knowing you know different models and stuff like that and seeing the new designs I was never like a gearhead or anything like that but I did have two two car magazines uh, I think it was Car and Driver and Road and Track I don't even know if they still make them anymore. But when you buy a magazine like that, you know there's like a clear separation. Like, okay, this is a, a magazine that I'm buying. This is someone who works for the magazine. This is their job. And, you know, they're driving the car and they're testing it and they're writing an article about it kind of thing. Like, it's a clear delineation. Like, you know where both of you stand. Whereas on a social platform like YouTube or, like I said, Instagram, whatever, all those other, other platforms, it's not as clear your relationship to the author of the work or content creator if you want to call them content creator it's a little bit different because there's a personal connection for the most part and this is what advertisers you know have come to realize that it's more intimate the way people connect with let's i'm just going to stick with youtube but it's more intimate that in the way that people connect with content creators on YouTube. Like going back to all the YouTube drama, like I said, the fact that people are so invested in the lives of all these like dumb people shows that because that just the very nature of them being invested in it. So like these are people you don't know, but you're connected to their lives. You're watching them. You value their thoughts and opinions on some level because that's why you watch them. So people recognize that, okay, our relationship is a bit different. So it seems more genuine, I guess. That's that's how it's kind of perceived as, at least like for advertisers, it's genuine. Because this is a person like I feel like I know if I'm a fan of them and I watch them. And then if they tell me, oh, this is a product that I like then maybe I'm going to think, oh, this person that I watch likes this product and they said it's good. So maybe I should buy it. Now, it doesn't have to be something expensive. It could be something relatively innocuous, I guess, relatively cheap, right? I'm not talking about like luxury items, although that can apply too. But it could be something small, low-level commitment in terms of like how expensive it is, how much money I have to put up if I can afford it or not. But it it may make me think, oh, oh, they like it, so maybe I should look into that. You know, maybe it's a clothing brand or something, right? They're like, oh, yeah, I buy, like, these T-shirts from Brand X all the time. It's great. I love them. It doesn't even have to be spoken. It could just be something they wear in their videos, for example. 
you know, you see like the logo, big logo on their shirt and you're like, oh, I kind of like those shirts that I always see person X wearing. Maybe I should buy it. I need some new shirts. Maybe I should buy that. Right. So it's it's different. It's not necessarily saying this is a product that I am buying or sorry. It's not saying that uh, this is a product that I have and that you should purchase it because it is great and here are all the reasons it is great that does happen too which i will talk about in a second but this is like you know one of the ways that advertisers have figured out oh this is how we can advertise to people so it seems like it's coming from a friend right those are the strongest recommendations i've read like a book like a long time ago that talked about advertising and branding and stuff like that and and i'm sure there are other things that probably talk about this kind of thing mention this kind of thing and it's um that we trust the thoughts and opinions of people that we're close to more than just like a random ad that you see like in a on tv or even ads on youtube or on websites or you know on the bus or subway or signs on the highway or something like that right those things we kind of tune out i mean they do work because obviously people pay for advertising but we have a lot of information that is like thrown at us so we tune a lot of things out so if someone specific that we know says hey this is something worth buying or looking into then we're kind of like oh okay this is coming from like a source that i do not just like filter out automatically and i will like implicitly kind of trust them so it's the same kind of thing for people on youtube and so when they're reviewing, uh, not even reviewing products, when they're uh, offering products or, or recommending products, that's the word there, when they're recommending it, sometimes it's not clear that this is a brand deal, that they're being paid. Now, I know uh, they're supposed to identify, like, oh, this is a paid thing or I'm receiving money for it, but that's not always the case. They don't always do it even maybe it could be illegal. I'm not sure about all the laws. I know you're you're supposed to disclose it. But because, like I said, there's not a clear delineation between like, oh, I'm just out and about on my day using, you know, the products that I use versus like this company actually contacted me and, you know, they gave me the product and they kind of like scripted me on like what to say or at least like points to hit if not word for word exactly what to say. And that presents a problem. The uh, now the other side is like that. That's just like recommendations where it's like you don't know that the person has been sponsored or paid to to recommend a product. So, so a lot of time you'll see this for like a lot of fitness products or diet products. A lot of people who are like influencers, they'll say, "Oh yeah, like I use like." I don't know, like tea or like the, I see gummies, like everything's like in gummy form now for some reason. It'll cure everything, but it's in as a gummy. Uh, yeah. So they'll, they'll have that. And then, uh, you know, cause a lot of people's fans are like young and impressionable kids who don't really know any better. And, you know, they don't know necessarily that, oh, this is, uh, someone's recommending this because they're being paid to say that this product is good but it's not just kids i mean adults could also not realize that that's what's what's going on because like i said it's not always like even if it is labeled sometimes people don't a lot of times people don't read 
like one day I'll talk about this later, but like people don't read information anyways. So they just go on based on what you say or what you, what they watched and that's it. Now the other side is like actual, and this is more like what uh, I'm going to be focusing. I did want to mention like, just like the sponsorship, like for like influencers thing, because that is also a big thing. But the main the main thing is the channels that are like actual like review channels. And so like when they review things, there's a couple of issues that I have. Maybe you have as well. Maybe this is something you thought about. Maybe it isn't. I don't know. We'll find out. Well, you'll find out. So some of them of the review channels that I watch are uh, revolving around technology and like sh- like fashion slash shoes i guess because i'm into shoes if you if you don't know that about me i do like shoes quite a bit i think they're really cool but anyways and also i like technology so what is technology like you know new phones that are coming out or like new computers you know new new gadgets i guess that that come out i'm interested to know do i buy all these things outside of the shoes and stuff no, like tech stuff, I don't buy. Like I have, you know, like, you know, a desktop and a laptop. I have my phone and stuff like that. But do I buy a new phone every six months? No. Or do I get every single little gadget? No, but I do like to know what new technology is coming out and what are things, you know, that, that people are working on and how it kind of, you know, changes how we do things. You know, I'm interested to know those, know, to, to, to know those things. And the other thing is I also am into photography, so I like to keep up to date on like new cameras and stuff that are coming out, uh, you know, different like lighting setups or different like filters, or, you know, different little attachments, flashes or whatever. I don't know that you could like use like in photography also like like editing software like for film and, and uh, well for film, I mean like video content. Uh, and also for photography so all those kind of things so what are like some of the issues that i have the main thing is like the integrity of the review now some of the channels that i watch uh mainly review uh the ones uh, that review shoes and i will link uh, one of the videos uh, where one of the guys he talks about his relationship with major brands like Nike's Adidas Puma he's a guy that reviews soccer shoes shoes or boots as he calls them but I don't like I don't like calling soccer shoes boots because when I think of a boot I think like a winter boot or something like that or a rain boot (laughs) I don't like calling soccer shoes uh or cleats I don't like calling them boots but anyway that's what he 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 reviews and he you know his reviews are fine they're they're informative and all that stuff but one of the things I do like is his integrity. And, and so- soccer boots or soccer cleats aren't anything that I buy, you know. I just like the way he breaks down the information and, like, talks about why something is good and why something isn't good or why it works or why it doesn't work. But what he said is that he doesn't have a good relationship with these major brands because he basically won't, you know, say the things that they want him to say. Because think about it like this. When you do a review, you get a product. You buy it. And I'm talking about like you went out and bought it with your own money. So you you buy the product. Let's say it's a pair of shoes. It's a new pair of shoes. And I'll get into like 
some of the issues I have with shoe reviews in general. But you buy a new pair of shoes. And you're excited. It has new, like, cushioning technology. You know, it's made of, you know, breathable mesh. So it's going to be, like, lightweight. It's going to be airy. It's going to allow your foot to breathe because, you know, it's, like, summer, at least here in Montreal. And it can get hot. You want something to keep your feet cool. Great. So you go, you buy it, and then, like, you you know, you, you wear the shoes, you walk around on them, and then you kind of notice, like, oh... Uh, I don't know. It's actually not as comfortable as I thought it was. Uh, the sizing is different from like my other shoes. So it kind of like pinches my toes or like it rubs against my pinky or a spot on my foot or something. So it kind of hurts. I had to like break that in. It took like two weeks, right? And you're someone that does reviews on shoes, let's say. So when you do a review, these are the things you're going to talk about. You're going to say, oh, yeah. So what I did like about it was that, let's say, it was relatively inexpensive for the type of shoe that it is. This new technology, while interesting, I did not find it as comfortable compared to something else. And then the materials on the shoe, let's say they weren't very durable. And on top of that, it hurt my feet. And I had to, like, you know, to take time, like, to break it in. But I, you know, I thought like because it's made of like a mesh, I wouldn't have this issue because this is a problem I have like, you know, with something like, let's say like a leather shoe. And then, you know, you give your opinion. So you say, well, you know, uh, in my review here, like, uh, yeah, I wouldn't recommend really buying the shoe just because, you know, of kind of like the pain that it caused. And then, you know, you could say like, oh, I got like a different size, but then it was like too big. So I, I found it in like fit my feet properly so i just i would just recommend not bothering with it and that's fine and that's your review and then that's what you put out there okay cool that's your review legit but now let's take it back a second so instead of you bought this shoe with your own money and you said your experiences with the shoe now let's say the brand sent you that shoe let's say you're uh, you're a big uh, or a decent sized uh, shoe channel so they send you the new product they say hey we would like you to review this shoe it's our it's our new shoe that's coming out you know just in time for the summer and we want you to review it and you know put it up on your channel blah 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 whatever they say i don't know i don't review shoes and so i don't get <laughs> i don't get brands sending me things although if someone wants to send me something that would be great i would not complain I wouldn't do a review on it, but you could just send it to me. But anyway, so the brand sends you the shoes. And let's say you do the exact same review. So you still had all the same issues, except instead of this time of you buying the shoe, it was gifted to you or it was sent to you. If I'm the brand sending that to you, is it, do, you do you think that's the type of review I want to hear? It could be true. I'm not saying that. You have to make things up or, or complain or just trash something. It's like, no, this was your experience with the shoe. It was legit. It's valid, but it doesn't align with how the brand wants you to position the shoe, which is that because if you're selling something now, put yourself, you know, in the shoes <laughs> of the brand. What is it you're trying to do? You're trying to sell your shoes. Are, are you honestly going to say, oh, yeah, these shoes are uncomfortable? They may be like just as a quick aside here, Converse, like Chuck Taylors. I do enjoy the Chuck Taylor. Very uncomfortable shoe. Like it's legit. You know, if you're, you know, you're just going around like, uh, you know, five minutes, you know, to the store real quick, to the corner store real quick. 
or something like that or you're just you know driving over to someone's house so like you're not walking around but if you have to stand like you work at a store or you work at a factory or something like that where you're on your feet all day probably not the shoe you want to be wearing even though they have a classic look you know kind of timeless have been around for over 100 years all that stuff that's not going to be the shoe that you are going to want to wear so majorly uncomfortable like i have a a few pairs i I much prefer uh, just in terms of a comfort level chuck taylor twos which i know a lot of people did not like which is why they stopped making them or the chuck 70 which is like how they made them back in the 70s those two are much more comfortable than the regular chuck taylor like i do have a pair or a few pairs of regular chuck taylors also not durable at all the regular chuck they fall apart really (laughs) really quickly (laughs) <laughs> they look good they're relatively cheap but you know those are issues so just just yeah that was a small aside there but it relates you know so if you're converse or you're nike who owns converse or the chuck taylor is your shoe you're the company are you going to tell people that that's how you're going to advertise the shoe you're going to say oh yeah this shoe is uncomfortable don't wear it you know if, if, if you if you plan on being out or walking around like for more than like you know 30 minutes or something and, you know, you're not going to be walking anywhere far. Because, like, I've walked in Chuck Taylors. Like, you know, I've taken, like, a 30, 40-minute walk in them. And, like, when you come home, your feet are killing. Now, is it, like, debilitating pain? No, but it is uncomfortable. You know, you do feel it on your feet. And, I've you know, I've worked, uh, you know, some of my, my jobs standing around on my feet while wearing them. They look nice. Like again, I'm not I'm not saying like my feet are like cramping or they're in such a, or they're bleeding or I'm in excruciating pain, but they're not the most comfortable shoe. It's just a reality. But if you're Converse, are you saying that? That's how, that's your advertising, right? The Chuck Taylor is going to hurt your feet after two hours. <laughs> no, you're not saying that because no one is going to say negative something negative about their product that they're selling. Because what do I want you to do as a company? I want you to buy them. Otherwise, why am I making this? Right? Why am I putting them out there if I don't want you to buy this? Like my this podcast. Am I going to tell people, oh, yeah, it's a boring podcast. Don't, don't even waste your time with it. I mean, I guess that could be a marketing gimmick to be like a blase, like I don't really give a shit kind of thing. But outside of that, realistically, straight talk. Am I going to say don't listen to it? Yeah. No, it's boring. Terrible. No personality. Uh, robotic just boring as hell just blech don't even waste your time no I'm not going to say that and if I felt like that was the case I wouldn't even bother making a podcast I wouldn't even bother putting out this episode you wouldn't be listening to the words I'm saying right now (laughs) so as a shoe company or any company that makes any product am I going to say it's terrible absolutely not so if you're a reviewer and you say that that's fine Right, I don't think the company is going to ask you to take it down because that would look much worse. Unless you said something that was actually like inaccurate or unfactual or something like that, like you made something up or you lied about something, then you know because that's going to look worse. <laughs> Someone puts out an unfavorable review. The company says, "Hey, we don't want you saying that," and then they say, "Well, hey, look, company told me they don't like what I said." That's going to create a whole other controversy. So this is what's going to happen, basically. They're not going to send you something in the future. And then, so what are your options then? So let's say, like I said, you're someone who is a successful reviewer of this product or of shoes or whatever, whatever you want to use as an example. Part of what attracts views 
is new product, right? So things are always progressing forward. New things are always released. And so if I release videos on new products, what's the best thing for me as a reviewer? That is to get the new product early. So normally companies have like a review embargo, maybe it's classified as a non-disclosure something agreement, I don't know. But normally uh, what they'll do is they'll send the product to a bunch of reviewers. They'll have, I don't know, let's say two weeks with the product, but they can't say anything yet. And then around the time that the product is supposed to be released, so it could be the day of, it could be the week before, it could be two days before, whatever it is, then uh, they can release their whatever content. So if it was an article, it was an article that was written. If it was a video a review, it's something that's published on YouTube or on other social platforms, whatever. They give you early access uh, to the product so you can create whatever it is you create. So that way, when it's time to release and everyone is, ooh, this, this new product I want to get, what are the reviews thing? And they look up your video or whatever it's there you have it so you get that initial boost you get your views you get paid based on you know those metrics and boom everything is great everything's honky-dory as uh, some people like to say that's great that's awesome that's what you want but now let's go back here we said that this product the shoe was not the most comfortable and it was kind of painful and the sizing didn't fit really so now do you think the company is going to send you the next new product that they have? Now, they should either way because people do watch the views. But again, as a company, are you going to say that our product is uncomfortable or doesn't work like how we say it works or there's issues with it? No. You're not going to say that because you want people to like the product. Well, more importantly, buy the product. And if there's an issue with the product, it could lead people to not buy it because of whatever said issue was. So then you, as a reviewer, you're going to suffer because now you're not getting the next product. So let's say it's something that is in demand and hard to get your hands on. And this is going to be an episode in the future about online shopping, especially now that a lot of places are closed or it's inconvenient to actually go out to stores and all that stuff. Online shopping is a big thing. So it's an in-demand product, hard to come by. So let's say it takes you a month to get this shoe, uh, this new shoe to review. So now what happens? Now you're a month behind. Will it mean you won't get views? If you have a dedicated fan base, people could still be waiting, like those dedicated fans could still be waiting to see what your opinions and thoughts are on the on the on this new product. But it probably won't be as huge as when it is in the moment, right? Because everything moves fast. It's always on to the next one, right? Ooh, new other shiny <laughs> thing. It's like uh, I guess we're like cats and you know, you like shiny objects. Ooh, this one shines brighter. I'm going to go there now. I'm bored with this one, this new thing. This one is a different color. Let's go Let's go here and look at it. So you'll still probably get views and stuff like that and still, you know, get paid. But will it be as much? No, probably not. Unless it's a huge product that everyone's still talking about. Maybe, I don't know. Like I said, there's no, there's no definite answer here. It's just 
you're less likely to get the same amount of traffic as you would have had you had it right around the time that it dropped or became available. So this incentivizes you as a reviewer then to go buy what the company wants. Now, does everyone do this? No. I mean, like I said, the guy that I'm linking, that I'm going to link the video to in the show notes where he talks about just, you don't have to watch the whole video. It's like about 15 minutes. He talked about this for like the first two and a half, three minutes. Uh, no, so not everyone does. And like I said, a couple for like shoe, uh, like uh, YouTubers that I watch and reviews. No, they don't. Like they'll say, like, I hate this. <laughs> no, they don't say I hate this. If you hate something, like you shouldn't really review it. But they'll they'll list their issues, like legitimate things. Again, I'm not saying you have to trash things. Like if you're going to trash something, don't review it. There's no point. But if you don't like something or something didn't work out or you thought this could be better or you think it's too expensive, whatever the issue is, you should be free to say it. And you are free to say it. But again, if your goal is to have product the new product in time to create maximize your views or the traffic you generate you want it early you want access to these things so that way you can have it out on time and it's the same thing in the tech world so i watch things like i said about like laptops like uh, i don't know screens different gadgets uh, when new Apple products come out, so like new computers or new software or new iPhones, iPads, whatever, you know, I watch that stuff. And it's the same thing there, right? Yeah, there's a lot of tech reviewers, a lot of people who review Apple like only or like specifically. So, and, you know, you have stuff like from Samsung or like from Microsoft, you know, you got a whole bunch, whole bunch of different electronics manufacturers. Now, if you actually watch... And this is a problem I have with, with with like a lot of reviews in general, is that if you actually watch, they don't say any kind of real criticism of it. Now, again, criticism isn't a bad thing. Again, it's not trashing the thing. I don't want someone saying, "Oh, oh you want them just to trash it." No, don't. Like I say, if you're gonna trash it, don't review it. There's no point. You know, if you. Or, you know, just say, hey, I, I absolutely did not like it, so there's no review. <laughs> and the reason why there's no review is because I absolutely did not like the product. Not saying you need to trash something. But there's no, again, no criticism. It's just, oh, we're just going to accept whatever Apple says. Just using Apple as an example. Like, I think I mentioned this in a previous episode. I don't remember it exactly. It could be the one about USB-C. But using Apple as an example, just because it springs to mind easily, it's something a lot of people will probably know about, is when they dropped the headphone jack on the iPhone. Now, yes, okay, they said it's, it removes space for blah, 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 whatever. That's fine. Another issue I have is removing the home button, which I'll explain in a second. But the amount of articles I read, now I'm not saying none existed, and I'm sure they do, but just from like popular media that I watch, so popular YouTubers, uh, popular like websites, blogs whatever i don't know how to classify them now the difference between a website and a blog different tech commentators hardly any of them was saying that dropping the headphone jack was a bad idea and it is a hundred percent a bad idea because it makes the technology it makes the iphone less accessible now you may argue oh no this is technology this is how we progress it's like no 
It is not technology. This is how we progress. It is a decision. And I think I talk about technological determinism in a, in a previous episode. I don't remember the name of it offhand, but it's a decision that was made by Apple. It was a conscious decision. They made this choice. It wasn't the, the phone didn't appear unless unless this is how it happens, unless Apple has a spot in the earth where new phones just spring out. And this is how it's made. There you go. It just, it just, you know, they have a little, I guess like a little volcano hole and it just, it just vomits out new iPhones. Unless that's the process, it's a choice they made. And people will argue that, oh yes, Bluetooth technology has, you know, progressed to such a point that audio delays and audio quality and the connection strength, signal strength, whatever, for wireless headphones is great it's beautiful it sounds just as good as a wired connection which is great i don't care that's good great love it awesome but the problem i have with again that's another thing to charge and then another thing to lose right so when your airpods are dead or if you're not buying airpods and not to mention the price now of getting a wireless solution that's just another thing to fail now i'm not saying uh headphone jacks can't fail but it's another thing to go wrong. Again, it's another thing to charge. Now my thing is dead. I can't listen to it. I can't even plug something in. At least if I had a, a headphone jack, hey, I can plug something to it. If I want to record, oh, easy. I have an audio out. I can send to my recorder or to my soundboard or to my computer, whatever it is, however my configuration is set up. Can't do that as easily. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's not as easy, right, to get a nice, simple audio connection. No not as simple anymore and then of course like like i said there's the whole battery thing well now i lost it and that goes well depending on if they're airpods which are expensive because you could say oh you could lose your headphones too yeah but i could have like little shitty earbuds and lose them but i can easily get other shitty earbuds do i have a nice pair of headphones yeah i do because i edit the audio for this and like films and stuff that i have edited over the years and into the future, I do have a good pair of headphones to listen to things, which I probably am not going to lose. But tiny little earbuds, yeah, you could lose lose them. But yeah, I can easily get like you know, I don't know five. I don't know how much they legit cost, but like five dollars, ten dollars, twenty dollars, whatever, and replace it. It's fine. But like I said, no one was saying that. No one is going to say. Or not no one, but a lot of people were not saying anything uh, about that. Same thing with the home button. I didn't hear anyone complain that the home button is gone. This is on the iPhone. Um, It also applies to other phones too. Uh, Why do I have an issue with that? The reason why I have an issue with that, I understand, okay, it does, the module does take up space. It's like, okay, we can extend the screen all the way to the edge and, you know, get more screen real estate, which is good, which I don't necessarily have a problem with getting more screen space, but there's a couple of things I do have an issue with uh, for the iPhone. Cause I, I only really use iPhones. I don't use uh, Android phones, but the issue that I have is that there's no like little lip, little, little bezel it doesn't have to be as huge as it was. At least if you're, this is just for the button itself in terms of the screen. There's also issue of functionality, which I'll get to in a second. There is the, issue this is i don't know this happens to other people too but how do i how do i pick up the phone without like touching the screen some way to like affect what's going on on the screen 
it pisses me off because like I want to pick up my phone. Sometimes I'm listening to like YouTube. Okay. I'm listening to YouTube playlist. I need to pick up my phone because I want to skip the song or skip the ad or something. I pick it up and then my hand and my finger, one of my fingers errantly touches somewhere on the side of the screen and it picks like the next song on the list, like, you know, 10 songs down. And I'm like, I didn't want to touch anything. I'm just trying to pick up the phone, but there's nowhere to pick up and rest my fingers on. You got to hold, you got to hold the phone. Like your fingers are like, I don't even know how I can describe this. This would be good if I, I guess I had a video <laughs> recording of this, but you got to squinch your fingers. So you have some weird claw shape. To like pick up your phone so you don't touch the edge or so you don't touch the screen you only touch the edge of your phone and i'm like at least like okay give me a little bit so i can like rest my my my, my thumb or my whatever somewhere so i can like at least not touch the screen when i'm not trying to touch the screen because i got nowhere to hold now basically the other thing is with a bigger screen is it takes up more battery life Right, because it's a wider area, the battery has to power all those pixels. They gotta get powered. Don't happen. Doesn't happen out of nowhere. So it drains the battery a little bit more. Now, if they didn't make the phone so freaking thin and made the phone a little bit thicker, maybe we get a little bit bigger battery, and it wouldn't be much of an issue. Because oh, we can make the battery a little bit bigger. Because like right now, I don't know, Apple and probably other manufacturers pride thinness. Thinness is great, but like, you know, I want. What 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 good is a thin phone if it's dead? Huh? Doesn't matter. And then the other issue I have is the functionality, right? It is so annoying using iPhones because I still I have an iPhone 10 and I still have my iPhone 7, which is I think no I think the 8 was the last one with the home button. But anyways, or I guess there's the new SE that's coming out that also has a um, a button a home button. Right. At least when there was the home button, it's like for notification center, you swipe down from the top. And then if you wanted the control center, I guess, where you had like all your quick access uh, options to change like brightness and volume and, I know, bring up calculator and the watch and all this, not watch, but clock and all this stuff. You swiped up from the bottom. Very simple. So swipe down from the top, swipe up from the bottom. Boom, boom. Good. And then you kind of like swiped halfway are not from the edge, the the top edge, to get like um, the search or whatever to come up. Okay, cool, got that. Now on the iPhone 10 and I assume 11 and the new one that's going to be coming out. Now it's just like you can't swipe up from the bottom anymore because that is how you get back to the home screen. That's the the basically the same functionality as pressing the home button to, is to go back to like your icon screen. It's like now you got to swipe from different parts of the phone from the top to get to either your notification center or control center. I don't know what they, if, they, if that's the right word, control center, but it's like, again, where you have your options for changing various various uh, things on your phone. Do you know how many times like, I'm trying to go to my notification center because I got like, a notification for some, probably Twitter, and I want to swipe down to see it, and I bring up the other... Thing, the control center screen instead because I was a little too far I guess right from where I swiped or sometimes I'm trying to swipe to bring up one of those two things and then I get the search thing that comes up because I wasn't close enough to the edge because the iPhone has that little bezel little notch I guess that they call it and it's just like 
ugh, like I hate all of that. And no one talks about it. No one, like either they're pro-Apple, so pro-Apple that, you know, anything that Apple does is great. Right? These are like the fanboy review channels who basically say that, oh, yeah, I, no matter what Apple does, basically I will agree with it. You won't get any pushback from me. And then ones that aren't like that, where they kind of like review like anything, anything tech related. And for the most part, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to be like, yeah, that's good. This is good. This is an improvement. This is better. This way is better. And I'm like, where's the, why there's no one talking, saying anything that maybe, hey, maybe this isn't a good idea. Probably because you want to be, that's the other thing. You want to be invited to industry events, right? If I'm Apple, I'm holding an event. I'm probably going to invite the people that say things that I like. If you're constantly criticizing me. Now, hey, maybe someone is a constant Apple critic and they get invited too. I don't know. I'm just, I, I don't think so. And so that's like the issue that I have with these kind of YouTube reviews. Like, like I said, now these things do extend to other, other uh, medium, other media. So it's not just strictly YouTube. Like I said at the beginning, it could be newspapers, it could be uh, magazines, it could be websites, reviews. You know, doesn't it just have to be YouTube. But that's like an issue. So you want again, you want the company to bring you out to things. Like I know. Is it Sony? Yeah, I think Sony. And Canon. This is for cameras, photography, Nikon, I'm sure. They have press events. They're unveiling a new camera. Oh, hey, we want YouTubers to come out because they know a lot of people watch YouTube photography channels. Right? Oh, yeah, the new Canon whatever, whatever. I want to check that out. That is something I would check out. I mean, uh, even though I like photography and I you know, do it here and there as a paid thing from time to time. Uh, I don't really have the money to buy the newest uh, cameras. They're too expensive for me. Like a bunch of the cameras that I have are like old, <laughs> old film cameras. Actually, something can be pretty expensive. And uh, ones that are more like collector things. But anyways, I do have like two digital cameras, but they're old, old, old that I got for pretty cheap. And lenses too, which are even more expensive than the bodies, right? I don't have money for that. So, but I do like to know new things that are coming up. Just to see, you know, where things are going, the type of functionality, different things that you can do. So maybe one day I will be in a position where I can buy the new top-of-the-line camera. Let's say my camera, my photography work picks up or something, and I start doing that, like, as a paid profession, like, full-time. Yeah, then maybe, yeah, I, I could afford it. So, you know, I just, like, again, like, photography is an interest of mine, and I like seeing what's coming out what are the new new features and stuff oh, especially also like cinema cameras oh my god would i love to get a cinema cinema camera if like canon wants to send me one or a red anything like i will take it like yeah give it to, i'm not writing a review but <laughs> give it to me for sure but it's the same thing there if i want to get invited to the press event and if i'm someone that says like <coughs> like their new camera like oh these were all the issues that i had with it and they send it to me and they said, oh, yeah, I want you to say, like, the autofocus is really good. Like, that's a point that they say. Because they do give instructions. Now, I'm not saying every single time it's, like, scripted, you must say, blah, blah, blah. But generally, there are, like, points that they want you to hit and say, oh, yeah, this was good. This was good. This was good. So they say, oh, yeah, talk about how good the autofocus is. And I say, oh, yeah, the autofocus wasn't that good. Right? They're going to be like, well, we kind of sent you this thing and we want you to talk about how good the autofocus is. And you're saying it's not good. 
So are they going to invite me out to press events and stuff? Like Again, it doesn't have to be trashing it. Now, like like I said, like for the millionth time, because I want to stress this, you don't have to trash something. That's not like what a criticism is. Right? If you're doing the review, it should be honest and truthful to how you experience the product. That's all I want from anyone who does a review. I don't want you to make shit up. I don't want you to like, unless it's really bad. And you're saying, well, yeah, this is like catastrophic failure. Like, if that's what happened, say that's what happened. But don't just say, oh, this just freaking sucks and it's terrible. Don't waste your money because it's just like shit and forget about it. Like, no, that's not really informative that way either. But again, something like that. And they may say, oh, yeah, okay, we're not going to invite you next time. Some people don't care. Like, there are some channels. Like I said, yeah, I don't get invited to things. I don't get sent things because I'm not going to say those kind of things because not that. Again, it's not the case like, oh, I'm not going to say that the autofocus is good, but I'm not going to say it because you company that sent me this camera told me to say that the autofocus is good. There's a difference there. So if you're someone that has like integrity in your reviews, that should be your approach. Now, is everyone going to act with integrity like that? Probably not because you want to get paid at the end of the day. I need those reviews. I need those reviews to come in. And that's fine. Like I said, a lot of the stuff that I watch, I don't really have any intention of buying because I don't have money to buy everything I think is cool or looks nice or that I would even like to use for, you know, functionality or utility purposes. But that's something you as a reviewer, if you were someone who is a reviewer, that's something you have to contend with. So like I said, some of the channels that I watch, uh, they're very clearly, you know, they say like, yeah, I don't, I don't get stuff, right? And some of the channels you'll see, like, sending them product all the time, right? This was gifted to me, right? Like, it was for shoes, for example. They'll be like, oh, yeah, here are these super limited shoes that we sent you a pair. Because you have a large audience and you kind of, like, are our mouthpiece. You'll say things for us. Now, is it wrong if you do? I don't know. So That's a choice you got to make, man. Again, like, I do watch channels that that do this because I watch their reviews. Well, for shoes, a a little tangent here, but for shoes, it's not like a lot of shoes, especially like retros. So retros are, uh, if you're not familiar, are shoes that released before and they're like releasing them again. Like some shoes you can get off the shelf all the time, like, like a Chuck Taylor, like a Converse. But let's say you want to buy an Air Jordan, just as an example. Those are not in stock all the time, especially if you're getting like an Air Jordan, let's say one OG high. Those, like if you want, let's say there's one, well, there's actually one coming out uh, this month in August. It'll come out after this episode airs, but you know, the one's coming out. If you want it, an OG high, uh, yeah, if if, uh, it's release day and you want it, yeah, you should try and get it release day. Like, this is not, these are not the type of shoes that, oh, I'll get them like at the end of the month or, you know, six months from now. It's like, no, they're not going to be there. Uh, they're not going to be there in six months at stores. You can buy them for resale, which are probably going to be super inflated prices. But so a retro is like, yeah, so like an Air Jordan 1 came out originally in 1985. They still produce them, although not exactly the same as it was in 1985. They did recently come out with a true to form Air Jordan 1 that is as close as possible as how the shoe was in 1985 
So that's like a retro. So it's like a re-release, basically. So when you have retros of a shoe, let's say Air Jordan 1, they release one at least one th- once a month, I'd say, like on average, sometimes more uh, in one month. But let's say once a month. If you're someone who reviews Air Jordans or all well, shoes, you're, you're, you're probably going to review an Air Jordan 1 unless you're someone that really goes out of the way to only review like smaller brand shoes. Which there are some channels that I've seen where they talk about shoes that are not, you know, like Air Jordans or like Adidas, uh, like Yeezys or something like that. But anyway, so if you if you do review Air Jordan ones, let's say like the reviews, like what else can you say about an Air Jordan one? Right, it's a shoe that's from 1985. Although the shape and the materials aren't exactly the same as they were in 1985, it's the same basic shoe. It's like a rubber outsole. There's an air unit in the heel. It's most likely going to be made of leather. Sometimes they have new funky ones, different colorways, sometimes different materials. Sometimes they do, you know, remix it, change it up a bit. But it's basically the same shoe. So once you've reviewed it once, you know, let's say there's one that came out in the Chicago colorway, which is white, uh, red, and black, right? And then another one the next month comes out where it's all silver. And the next month after that, it comes out, it's brown and white and black, right? But it's the same shoe, just different colors on it. Uh, What are you going to say? That's the same shoe. Nothing has changed. So your first review, we're going to say, oh, yeah, you know, this is how I felt, blah, blah, blah. Uh, what else is there to say? It's the same freaking shoe, right? Like if you've done it, like if you review shoes for like two, three, four, five years, right? That's like five years of Air Jordan ones. What else is really going to be different from your very first review to your last review at the end of five years? What else can you say? It's the same thing. So if you watch shoe reviewers, uh, especially people that do like reviews on retros, they're not really reviews at this point anymore. They're just the descriptions of the, of the shoe. Unless you want to think of an overview as a review. But it's not like your opinion and your experience with the product. This is basically, this is the shoe. The, here's the color here. The, this is leather here. This is the outsole here. That's basically what they do. This is the tongue nylon. Uh, here's the, you know, the, the Nike Air tag on the top of the tongue. Here, the, These are the laces. That's basically what they all are. Because what else can you say? If, now, if it's a new shoe... Because so, some of the channels I do watch, they, they, they do, like, actually talk about, like, performance. So it could be a running shoe, it doesn't have to, or it could be a basketball shoe. They do, uh, you know, they do talk about, like, oh, this has new cushioning, or this is the cushioning setup, and, like, this is going to be good for, like, support. So, like, you know, your knees don't hurt, or something like that. Or it has good arch support, or, you know, the, it has these materials, so, it, you know, it gives you good, like... So, you know wraps around your foot better it's gonna like wear over time and really mold to your foot because it has these materials or you know it's like you have something like uh i don't hyper knit or whatever and so it's gonna like no break in time it's gonna feel comfortable it's gonna feel like wearing a sock right those kind of things where like you're gonna talk about how it's actually gonna perform and how it's like gonna grip like the outsole or if it's a runner you know like how's it gonna help you running and all that stuff because of the changes that they've made you know, like, does it rub up against your the back of your, your Achilles or something, right? Like something that happens to me in some of my shoes is really annoying. I hate that feeling. Right? Then that's something new and it's informative. And it's not just an overview or a description of the shoe. So, again, those are some of the things there that I find annoying about reviewing stuff on YouTube. The other thing to watch out for is affiliate links 
in the description. So sometimes you will have uh, now this can apply for different things. It doesn't have to be shoes and like tech stuff that I watch. Microphone watches, uh, like makeup review stuff. Uh, so some of you will say, oh yeah, all the stuff that I'm reviewing, there's links in the description below. So if you want to buy it yourself, go for it. Right. So those are generally like affiliate links. Usually they're to Amazon, but they could be to other sites or sometimes they have a discount code for like, again, the products that they're reviewing. So those things, that means affiliate links means that if you go and click that link, if there's like an ID to, uh, that's tied to the, the content the creator, the channel or whatever. And so they will get a small percentage of the sale. So now some channels are upfront. They'll say, yeah, we get a small percentage of sale. It helps support the channel. That's usually the justification for having them. It helps support the channel, which is fine. I understand you got to pay your bills, right? You got to pay for your editing equipment. You got to pay for your camera or editor or sound people. I don't know how complicated everyone's process is, but you know, where you live, you know, or if you have a studio, you know, the stuff doesn't pay for itself. So I understand it. But then again, this comes into the integrity of your review. Now, if there's stuff related to what you're talking about, and here's all the affiliate links that you can go buy. What did I say before? If you're a company, in this case, you're not a company, but you're the reviewer. I'm, I'm making profit a small, it doesn't have to be huge, but I'm making money off the, the, the thing that you may buy from my affiliate link down below. What am I, am I really going to say? Don't buy this product. And this comes into no one's having any criticisms about stuff. And again, doesn't mean trash. I'm not saying you got to trash the product, but you may have some issues that, you know, you take exception with, like some of the examples I gave, you know, prior in our little hypothetical scenarios there. But if I'm getting a piece of the sale of the very product or similar products to what I am talking about, what are my chances that I am going to like, you know, be completely honest about my experience or how I view or how I review or how I frame the product, right? I'm getting a piece. I want you to buy it. So I get a piece of it, of that sale, right? So how honest am I going to be then? Again, my thing's going to be compromised. It's going to come down to the same thing as like getting invited to press events because uh, sometimes they hold them in pretty nice places. I forgot to mention that before the press events. I think, uh, was it Sony or Canon? I don't know. I can't remember. It was like in Hawaii or something, right? They fly you out and they put you up in a hotel, right? It's the same thing even for video game reviews. I'm not going to get into this now because it's already like an hour, basically. <laughs> the same thing for video game reviews, right? They take you out to these events. They wine you and dine you. If I don't say or you as in the universe of whoever is the reviewer you don't say the things that the company wants you to say about how good this game is about how good this piece of technology is how good this shoe is how good this fashion how good this makeup is am i going to send you or is the company going to send you more stuff are they going to invite you to these press events these luxurious hotels and these exotic locations and give you these like new expensive toys or whatever they are to try out and test and you get to make all your videos about it? No, no, you're not because you want that stuff. And understandably so, because you want to make money at the end of the day. So like, I get it. I understand it, but not everyone does it. And again, I'm not asking for people to trash things because usually when people kind of like bring the stuff up, the, the, the comments and responses that I read or watch, you know, 
it, it involves like, oh, you just want someone to trash. You just, you just want you just want to get it trashed. And it's like, no, no, no one's asking. Like I said for the millionth time, no one, or at least I don't want someone to just trash a product because they don't like it. If you don't like it, say why you don't like it, but don't just like trash it with like no justification. You know, oh, this is shit. No, that's not, and again, that's not, I wouldn't watch or read that because that's not interesting. I think we shall leave it there. So those are the few reasons why I have issues with like YouTube reviews and kind of like reviews in general. But like I said, YouTube and our social media based uh, reviews and uh, influencers and such is because again of our relationship how we perceive our relationship to that certain individual because it could be someone who who is i don't want to say solo but you know kind of like on their own or it could be someone that's part of a larger like network or channel i don't know how they describe it but there's some youtube like companies where they have like an aggregate of channels and they're each producing like different stuff that they like kind of like review or like discuss or whatever so and again, it's based on like personality. So how we are sold stuff by these personalities is different. Again, because it's something that's more intimate. You feel like you know the person. This feels like your friend. It's like if you had a friend who said, oh, hey, I bought this thing, this product. Right. I bought this phone. Let's use an example. It's really good. I love it. Like it does X, Y, Z. It's great. Blah, blah, blah. And you go, oh, wow, that's cool. Okay, I actually, my phone just like fell and uh, I kind of need a new one. You know, I don't want to pay for the screen to get replaced. I, don't want, I just want to get a new phone, but this sounds great. I may, I may go pick that up. But then let's say you find out that the company who makes that phone paid your friend to tell you that. That's kind of like how it is with like YouTube and like different like social media platforms like that. Again, because our relationship is different. Like it's different from like reading it on a website or on a magazine or in a newspaper, whatever, or even watching it on TV, because there's that clearer delineation, separation. Like, I kind of know, okay, this is like, you know, I'm watching a program, you know, it's a program I like, but it's not someone like, it's not something like, oh, I connect with this person on a deeper personal level. Because like with YouTube, you know, you have comments. Uh, I don't know if you can direct message people like you can like for Twitter and stuff like that. But you, you know, you can like interact with them in like different ways like that. And again, it's more like one-on-one individual feeling anyways of how you kind of connect with uh, these content creators. So anyway, so like I said, we're going to end it there. Those are my issues with YouTube reviews in general and more broadly with reviews as a whole. I hope you enjoyed that. If you didn't, well, I guess too bad. I have been your podcast person, Pavlo, also known as JPav, also known as Pav, also known as Pavi. And like I said, no Maggie the Mags with me, because at the like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, everything is being done in isolation for the time being during the coronavirus. So and it will continue for that way for the foreseeable future until there is a cure or vaccine. So once again, non-legal legal disclaimer. This has just been my opinion and such you can disagree with it if you like i'm not trying to say that i am the ultimate truth or what i say is the only correct interpretation of in this case youtube reviews you can have different opinion hey it's all good man you may not have any issues with this or you may have something i didn't consider 
entirely possible. It's totally legit. It's all good. Don't worry about it. Thank you for listening. I hope you are safe. Thank you for listening. Peace.